Alrighty. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala Rasulihi al-Kareem amma ba'ad. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay, we have a small group today, but I think that's normal for a Saturday and a Sunday and other people inshallah be trickling in. So we're continuing with our exploration of the people of Taqwa and we've gone through three of the six attributes and remember that the first attribute listed here of the people of Taqwa is that they believe in uh, they believe in the ghaib. They have iman in the unseen. They believe in the unseen. The second attribute that we have listed here is that they establish the salah. Third attribute is that they spend, they give, they do infaq. They give to the point of exhaustion of what we have provided for them. And now we're going to look at these next three attributes. They believe in the uh, what has been revealed to you, what has been revealed to be before you, meaning Muhammad, peace be upon him, and they are certain of, of the hereafter. So let's jump right into that material. So getting into my wonderful whiteboard. Never really thought, expected how much I love this whiteboard. Okay, so next three attributes. of taqwa. And remember how we defined taqwa. We defined taqwa as shielding yourself with Allah. So, so believe or have iman Oops. in revelation sent to Muhammad Peace be upon him, to believe, to have Iman in revelations before Muhammad. Peace be upon him. And to be certain the word here is Yaqeen in the hereafter, or to be certain about the hereafter. And so once again, I hope you're all taking notes on all this, inshallah, to help uh, process, to help digest the material. But these are the next three attributes of, of the people of Taqwa. And so let's talk about this first one, belief in the revelations sent to Muhammad. Those of you who've taken my academic classes, you're familiar with, with this part. So we have Allah. And Allah is sending revelations to Muhammad, may peace be upon him. By way, in most cases, by way of the angel Gabriel. So this is Jibril. By way of the angel Gabriel. And so this is Muhammad. And they get categorized as two types of revelation. 
One type of revelation is what we call recited revelation. The other is non-recited revelation. It's a simple categorization. And so that which we call recited revelation is literally the Quran. So we're saying the Quran is one type of revelation that the Prophet peace be upon him received. He received much more than that from Allah. And non-recited revelation is essentially the sunnah which overlaps with the hadith which overlaps with the lived Quran. The key term, if you only had one of those, it would be the Sunnah itself. So the Quran and the Sunnah. And so let's make more sense of this, <clears throat> that uh, what is the difference between the Sunnah versus the Hadith? I don't think we've talked about this. Have we talked about this in this class? Um, someone either speak or show your face or, or uh, type no. in the chat. We have not, correct? Okay. So, so what is the hadith? The hadith are records of narrations of anything that the prophet, peace be upon him, said. So anything anybody remembers of anything he said, that's included in the Hadith narrations. Anything that the Prophet, peace be upon him, did, and anything the Prophet, peace be upon him, witnessed seeming to give approval. So that's the, uh, the hadith narrations. And so the hadith are collections upon collections upon collections of narrations of anything the prophet said, anything he did, peace be upon him, anything he seemed to uh, witness giving approval. And what does that third category mean? It means he's there, but he doesn't say anything. Like he's there watching other people do things, but he's not saying that there's anything wrong. So therefore, we assume that he is giving approval. If he didn't approve it, he would say it, he would show it in his face. So either he would say something or he would do something. And so the sunnah has multiple definitions. The sunnah, and again, not in any particular order. The sunnah includes, it can be anything from the prophet, peace be upon him. More often than not, it's the repeated practices of the prophet. Okay. 
or it's the prescribed repeated practices, meaning things that he did that he also told us to do. So he's telling us to do it, but he himself is also doing it. And it often includes what the Sahaba did. And the idea here, especially if one of the Sahaba, one of the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, are in leadership, and if they seem to modify something that the Prophet himself did, peace be upon him, and the Sahaba felt it was wrong, they would raise their voice. If they're agreeing, uh, then it's also often included in the Sunnah. So the most common of all of these would be this one. Secondarily would be number two. And there's a few other definitions. Some will also include anything that the people, for example, of Medina were doing after the Prophet's death, peace be upon him, um, and so forth and so on. But the key point I want you to understand is generally speaking, this is the difference between the Sunnah and the Hadith. As you can imagine, category number one here, anything from the Prophet, peace be upon him, matches up with the Hadith. So there are some for whom Hadith is Sunnah. There are others for whom the Hadith and the sunnah overlap with each other. And, and so what else would we find in whatever the prophet said or did? You know, what does it mean to actually live the Quran? That would also be in the Hadith literature. He would not necessarily be saying, I am doing this because the Quran is saying so. He's doing it because he's embodying the Quran. So the wife of the prophet, peace be upon him, Aisha, she's asked, you know, tell us about his character. She decided his character was the Quran. He'd be living the Quran. But we're saying also he's receiving other guidance, not necessarily in the Quran itself. Okay. So, so how does that relate to Alif Lam Mim? I think that one's very, very straightforward in the sense that the source of this is coming from outside of the realm of perception, outside of the realm of knowledge, to the Prophet, peace be upon him, himself. And likewise, number five, which we'll talk about in just a moment, it's coming from outside the realm of perception, outside the realm of knowledge, from Allah, to the previous Prophets, peace be upon them. Okay, so let's look at attribute number five. Revelations before the Prophet. Okay, easy question, inshallah. How many prophets, according to Islam, how many prophets have there been in history? 25. Higher. That's how many there are mentioned in the Quran. How many prophets? Uh, and, the, and the answer is, when the Prophet, peace be upon him, was on the night journey, he led all the prophets, he meets all the prophets, peace be upon him, in history, and he leads them in prayer. And he says how many prophets that there were there. Ruby. You might have to turn off your microphone. You turn on your turn off your mute. Yes, sorry, sorry. Uh, hundreds? Okay. Higher, higher. Hundreds? So. No, not hundreds. 
So everyone brace yourself for this number. Wasn't it like 125,000? Almost. I mean, he's just slightly over. So, so how many profits were there? 124,000. We're saying every single corner of the globe has been visited by prophets. Peace be upon them. Abrahamic? Meaning Islamic. From Abraham? Since Abraham? Or before Abraham? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, so the question would be from Adam, peace be upon him, to Noah. Are there okay. other oh, prophets yeah, right, that we're not right. familiar with it? But probably including the, in, in that pathway as well. Yeah. Good. And then this question is sometimes harder to answer. How many messengers were there? And we'll explain just to put everybody on the same page what the difference is between a prophet and a messenger. Anyone know? Was it five? That's how many are mentioned in the Quran, but uh, how many are there total? 125. 313. So, so then let's explain uh, the difference between a prophet and a messenger. So some of you, many of you, I'm assuming you already know this, uh, but just to put everybody again on the same page. So a prophet is someone who's been appointed by Allah to call their people to turn back to Allah. Okay. That is a prophet. Okay. Appointed by Allah. They, they know they've been appointed by Allah. And what is their, their, their responsibility? One aspect is to call their people. To the message of no God, but God. To also inform of a coming day of judgment. And to also inform them of a final prophet coming. There's more, but this is the core messages of the call, with the key point being number one. Point number one, to turn away from anything you're taking as an ilah. Think back to the beginning of the course, some two weeks ago, mashallah. Anything you're taking as an ilah, turn away from that and turn only to Allah. And to also live it. Meaning they are the model for what does it mean to be living the first column. And how does that usually play out? Uh, they have to have, uh, uh, they fulfill, they teach the acts of worship. They have stellar character. And they are just. So on these matters, for example, you find many prophets of Islam are also mentioned in the Bible, in the modern Bible. And from an Islamic lens, 
we would disagree with the, the depictions of, of many of these prophets. So, you know, like for example, in the case of Noah, peace be upon him, he's presented as, as someone who drinks, who has a, who's a drunk, and then various other prophets are looked at as people who have, who are, who lack stellar character, who have major flaws. From uh, our general Islamic lens, the common view is that, okay, that's, those are things that have been changed from, from the original text. Okay. And so then a messenger is a prophet with all the responsibilities of a prophet plus has received scripture to deliver. And I'm putting scripture in quotes and you'll understand in a second. Because think of the other day when we said that the Quran was not in book form at the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, even though we would call it scripture, even though script says script written. Um, uh, and so, so they've received other teachings to then deliver to their people. And so the Quran mentions five, and this is, this is those of you, uh, uh, so the Quran mentions 25 or so prophets and then five messengers. And those are specifically, I mean, those are definitely, obviously, prophets and messengers, but then there's, we are taught there's many more. The 124,000 prophets are not named, meaning we don't have sources that say, here's all of them. But uh, we do go with the understanding that they were sent to every single part of, of the world, not just, you know, for example, the, the Middle East. Okay. And so then the final prophet, of course, is the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And so with him, so this is obviously Muhammad. With him, Islam is completed. Now, this is an important point uh, because when we often imagine how old Islam is, we'll say it's 1400 years old. No, it was completed with the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. How old is Islam? Islam goes at least back to Adam, peace be upon him. Because remember, in our tradition, so let's say if we do a timeline here, so let's say this is the beginning of life on earth all the way up till 2020, or, or using our calendar, you know, we have Adam, and this is just some of the prophets, we have Nuh, uh, we have Ibrahim, Ismail, Ishaq. We have not necessarily in any order. We have Dawood, Suleiman. We have Musa. We have his brother Harun. We have Isa, we have Yahya, and then the last is Muhammad. Okay, according to our tradition, what is the religion of Moses, peace be upon him? Easy question. Or is it? Anyone? I think everyone's afraid to guess now. Jewish. 
Muslim. He's a prophet of Islam. All of these are prophets. That was my son. That was my son. He's talking <laughs> hey, to you, and I'm like, uh, go ahead and answer it. Yeah, that's exactly why I asked, because it's a semi-trick question. In our tradition, these are all prophets of Islam. Good. Now, Islam is an Arabic word, so what it would have been called in their tradition, Allah knows best, would have been in their language. So what language did Moses speak, peace be upon him? Easy question, not a trick question. Ruby, does your son want to go for that one? Say it again, say it again. Uh, what was the, uh, the language of Moses, peace be upon him? Arabic. Okay, close. It was. It was. It was Hebrew. Ah, I said that. Sorry. Okay. Anyone? What was the language? Whether it's Ruby's son or anyone else, what was the language of Isa That was Aramaic. Aramaic. Yes. Yes. Mashallah. What was the language of Ibrahim Arabic. It was Aramaic. Oh. So, so these are small, these are all secondary points. And so he spoke well, Aramaic. Um, he spoke Aramaic. He spoke Hebrew. I don't know that we know what language Dawood and Suleiman spoke, but the point I'm making is that they're speaking in their language. And so as we discussed much, much earlier, uh, when he is speaking to Allah, he's using the term in and them are using the term Allah. He's using the term Allah, peace be upon him. Hello, Elohim. Good. And but then there's gonna be prophets that are not even of these Semitic languages. But the key point here is that we are laying claim to all of them as prophets of whatever Islam would have been called in their language. Uh, what are some other names of Islam in the Quran? So the most common name, of course, is Islam. Uh, what are other names? Any guesses? Oh. Say it again. Deen al-Hanif. Okay, so, so basically, yeah, so like the religion of, we'd say purity, so Deen al-Hanif. Okay. Hanif is an interesting word. Uh, you could also translate it as being straightforward. So the, in the etymology of the word, it's basically speaking about people whose feet are slightly in, we call it pigeon-toed, and, and they're pointing exactly in the same direction, completely straight. What else? What are other terms in the Quran or in our primary sources? Hey, can you please repeat that? What does that mean? Pigeon is, their feet are different? Okay, so I mean, so 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 uh, if you were to stand up normally, some people their feet point straight, some people their feet point out, and so metaphorically, these are people whose feet are pointing slightly inward. This is a metaphor. This is not what their actual feet are like, and and this word Hanif, that's what it literally means. And what does it mean? It means completely straight. Um, this is a small small point just to get into the etymology of the word, but. Um, what are some other names of Islam in, in uh, the Quran itself? Or in the, the straight path? Yes, exactly. Right, we saw that. Straight path. Sirat al-Mustaqim. Another is the path of Abraham. 
the Millah of Ibrahim. Another is the just or the moderate or the middle community. Umats wasats. Those are T's. My T's often look like F's. Just like a lot of my students, their grades look like A's, but they're actually F's. No, just kidding. Okay, anyway, so umats wasat. So the point I want you to think about is not only is it probable and assumed that the other prophets, their term for what we call Islam would not be the word Islam. It could be the same word in a different language or it could be a completely different title. According to, it could be like these, the Quran itself gives many, many titles. According to the Quran itself, who started the term Islam? I think this is in Surah Al-Hajj. You want to know? The term comes from Ibrahim. He's the one who actually used the term Islam. Again, it would be whatever the, uh, the word would be in his language. And so what's also interesting, this is again, side point, is if we look at the history of Islam, it wasn't always, I'm saying after Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, through now, it wasn't always called Islam. People who were arriving in different regions gave it different names. So a most famous example of that is when Muslims, about a hundred years after the Prophet, peace be upon him, when they were arriving in China, they studied and got a sense of Chinese philosophy. And they, instead of calling Islam, Islam, they call it the religion of the two returns. And the argument they were making is that, okay, in contemporary Chinese philosophy, every action has a consequence. And we're saying in our philosophy, Islamic philosophy, every action has two consequences. One is in this world, and then one is in the next world. And so Islam was not always called Islam by the Muslims themselves. It just so happens that in America in 2020, we call it Islam. Okay, uh, what, was, uh, uh, what was Islam called, let's say, probably about 100 years ago in America? Mohammedanism? Yeah. That's what it was called. If you go down to uh, those of you who are in the Chicagoland area, if you go down to Urbana-Champaign, uh, right next to Urbana-Champaign, there's literally a town called Muhammad. Okay. Muhammad, Illinois. I don't know if anyone living in that town knows that, but uh, knows uh, the, the etymology and such. Okay, <laughs> so all this is to go back to the point that the people of Taqwa believe in the revelations to Muhammad, peace be upon him, and they believe in the revelations to those before Muhammad. And so of the revelations of those before Muhammad, there are 313. And we're saying that all of them have the exact same core message of no God but God, a coming day of judgment. And also maybe some simple reference of a final prophet coming. And I think we mentioned this before that... Uh, that uh, many Muslim commentators say that the passages in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, uh, speaking of a comforter uh, who's coming, a praised one, that many Muslims say that's referring to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, Allah knows best. And so what are we saying? That 
the Quran, the final revelation, includes and overrides the previous teachings. So what does that mean? So repeatedly the Quran will say of itself that, you know, to the people of previous generations, it's confirming what you already have. Uh, but then in terms of the law, the law of the Quran overrides, for example, the law that Moses received. So it's the same religion. Think of the word we use, deen, uh, as this whole system of interaction. It's the same deen as the previous prophets, peace be upon them, but it overrides the previous law. And it's interesting because Muslims will often see the Sharia as something very, very strict. If you actually go through the Torah, go through Deuteronomy and Levit Leviticus and such, those rules seem very, very strict compared to the rules of, of the Quran. The rules of the Quran actually seem very, very soft. Those are things that we would discuss more in course number two. And so it's, it's including and overriding the previous teachings, putting everything, all the different parts of life in their proper place. So, for example, the book that Moses received in our tradition seems to be very heavy on law and history. The book that Jesus receives in our tradition, the Injil, not the same as the Gospels, the Injil seems to focus very much on faith and works. And then the Quran is putting everything together in its all proper place. Okay. So the third attribute of the people of Taqwa, we're already at 3.30, so, so we'll make this part a little bit brief and then we'll discuss it a bit more tomorrow, inshallah, uh, is that they have certainty of the hereafter. So anyone, what is the difference between belief and certainty? Simple question. And an easy way to address this is which one seems stronger? Certain. Certain has no doubt. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. And so certainty is absolutely uh, stronger than belief. What is belief? Belief here is thorough trust. Like in our society, when we're speaking of belief, we'll say, okay, I take this as true, but I can't prove it. Here in our tradition, we're saying belief is something that I have complete trust in. I have such trust in this that it starts radiating out to other people. Certainty is 100% no conviction, no doubt, no question, no nothing. So the simple question, uh, can anyone name anything that you are absolutely without doubt certain about? Two plus two equals four. Two plus two equals four. You are absolutely without doubt certain. Two plus two equals four. Yeah. Who my mother is. Yeah, who my daughter is. <laughs> That's really good. That's a really good one. Um, I think, okay. therefore, I am. Say it again. I think, therefore, I am. Okay, so you are absolutely certain, number one, that you think, and you are absolutely certain that you exist. Yeah? Yes. To... Okay, that doesn't sound certain. Well, wait. To doubt that would have to pre presume existence. Okay, but I'm not even talking about doubt. I'm just asking, are you absolutely certain? 
<laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Anyone else? Is there anything you are absolutely certain about? I'm absolutely certain that Mita is my kid. You are absolutely, absolutely certain that Mita is your daughter. 100%. No question whatsoever. Yes. Zero. So there's no point from birth till now, especially birth until you left the hospital where she was out of your, your, your sight. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. It sounds like you're getting less certain. Okay. Okay. Sona, Sona, what do you got? Death. You are absolutely without doubt certain you're going to die. Yeah. No question whatsoever. Uh-huh. Okay, nice, nice. Okay, I am certain, I am certain that whatever has a beginning must have a cause. Everything you're saying that has a beginning must have a cause. You're absolutely certain. <laughs> or is it that you just can't come up with anything else? I just can't come up with anything else. <laughs> well, we're certain when someone is dead, that they're dead. You're, you're certain that they're dead. <laughs> Because yes. we've had many, many cases of people who've been diagnosed as dead and they've come back to life. In fact, in my other class, the, the class that takes place a couple hours after this one, we literally had that example of, of a student whose uncle was pronounced dead. And then like six minutes later, he came back to life. No, but I mean, when they're certain, certain that he's dead. Okay, I mean, so like certain, certain, not just certain. <laughs> when they're certain, certain they're dead. I've seen cases in history where people were certain, certain that people were dead, but they were actually asleep. So they ended up getting buried. And then they're hearing like knocking on the coffin and the person was still actually alive. Okay. So, so that you're saying they were certain, certain they were dead. But what if someone is certain, certain, certain that someone's dead? Does that change? <laughs> okay. Okay. How about this? Okay. Dominion. I, tell me if you beat this, right? I am absolutely certain that we are not certain of everything. Okay. You are absolutely certain that we are not certain of everything. That's right. Or anything. That's right. Okay. Those are two different things. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's, let me trade, trade my term. So okay, I'm cause... certain that we are not certain of anything. Okay. So, cause this Aya right here says that the people of Tukwa are certain of the hereafter. Dun, dun, dun. I just don't like wow. skepticism. Skepticism, you can't be certain it. that we're breathing. I'm certain you're that I'm certain that you're I'm certain that you're breathing, meaning you're, you're certain that you're not like in the matrix and you just think that you're breathing. <laughs> All right, I quit. Okay. All righty. So we will continue with this question uh, tomorrow, inshallah. See if anyone else can come up with anything so far. Sana is categorically certain, certain, certain that, that she is going to die. And then Dominion is sort of certain about <laughs> some things, as, as is this big family. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so we will continue, inshallah, uh, uh, tomorrow, uh, continuing with the, this question of being certain of the hereafter. And we'll finish the attributes of the people of Taqwa. And then if time permits, we'll get into the second model of belief and rejection, inshallah. Um, uh, I have a, well, it, it relates to um, the books, but I actually have a question about what the NGO actually is, because I've heard it's changed over time. And then you mentioned that it 
it's not actually the gospel, which I often hear that's what it is, but... Yeah. So, so the Injil versus the Gospels. If we look at many, many Muslim commentators, they argue that the Injil is the Gospels. I actually think that's, that's uh, historically inaccurate uh, because nobody claims that the Gospels were revealed to Jesus, peace be upon him, right? The Gospels that we have as the canonical Gospels are going to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then there's, there's about 25 other Gospels and such. Um, the Injil, in our belief, has actually gone to Jesus, peace be upon him. It was, re it was revealed to Jesus. And so, like, like I said, this is Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Now there is, in terms of the historical criticism, the historical study of the gospel, there is this notion of the gospel of Q, Kella, German meaning the source gospel, gospel that a few of these books are, are, because they're so similar, the theory is that they're actually taking from another source. So one possibility is that this could be the Injil. And another way to, to support that, this is nothing but speculation, this, this theoretical other source gospel, um, is because if we look at some of the teachings of Jesus, peace be upon him, we have hadith that are almost exactly the same thing. Like the prophet, peace be upon him, is reported to have said, <coughs> you know, speaking of the iman of an animal, the faith that an animal has is that the bird leaves a nest with an empty stomach, searching for food, and then comes home with, with a full stomach. And we have something exactly like that in the teachings of Jesus in, in the Gospels and such. But the key point is, no, I don't believe the Injil and the Gospels are, are, are the same thing. I think that's actually uh, either I'm missing something completely or it's actually a mistake by, by many Muslim commentators going back centuries. Uh, but it could be that the source that some of these are alleged, alleged to take from, that could be the Injil. But I don't know of anyone who possesses the Injil. I have this anticlimactic story of when I was an undergrad and I was getting on the CTA. And this is at 95th Street to, to go to school. And there is this African-American man dressed in light blue Pakistani clothes. And he had this table uh, uh, with Arabic writing and some cassette tapes and some thin, thin pamphlets. And I asked him, you know, is this Islam? He goes, no, this is the Injil. And I'm looking again because it's on Arabic. And I thought, well, okay, that should have been Aramaic. <coughs> they go, this is the Quran. He goes, no, this is the Injil. But I didn't really care. I had to go catch my train. And so I never saw him again. I kind of wish I did so I could have had more conversations with him. Total anticlimactic story. But uh, uh, so the Injil, as is the case for most of the other 300-some texts, um, are not known to be in existence even in fragments. The Torah may or may not be the same as what we believe, what Moses, peace be upon him, received. But there are still some question marks there. Like, for example, in Deuteronomy, uh, Moses dies and he's buried. And, and so if the revelation is to Moses, then, you know, is that a prophecy about him being buried or, or is this rewritten? When I talk to, to students that are rabbis or just practicing observant Jews, uh, some argue that the Torah is word for word still preserved. And some argue more on the reform side. Some argue that's been rewritten and rewritten throughout the generations and such. Any other questions? Yeah, I have a question. Go for it. Um, so how do you square God's unchanging word with the idea of abrog abrogation? 
Well, uh, who says that God's word is unchanging? I remember, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm reading the Quran, I'm halfway through it, and mm -hmm. I did come across an ayah that, that said that, and the translation I'm reading is the M A M A S Abdul Halim mm -hmm. Oxford World Classics. Right? So there's no change in the method. Okay. And so the common term is the sunnah of God. So in the same way we speak of the sunnah of the prophet, peace be upon him, over here somewhere. So uh, that Allah also has a sunnah. And so the Quran definitely categorically says there's no change in the sunnah of Allah. Mm. And, and so, so uh, he is sending down words. He is sending down teachings. The teachings have not changed. Mm -hmm. uh, but he also says in the text that people have changed the words, have corrupted the word, all those things. Okay. On the, um, my second question, yeah. uh, I just finished chapter 20, well, not chapter, Surah 22, nice uh, hudge. <laughs> uh, verse 75. And I think it's just probably just this translation that reads this way, but it says, God chooses messengers from among the angels and mm -hmm. from among men. Um, is, is the word messenger being applied to angels differently than it is being applied to men or so the the word in arabic would be the same but the function would be different and so so there are angels that have multiple different responsibilities so gabriel is like one of the big ones uh who has the responsibility of literally being a messenger angel and so so whereas a human messenger is delivering scripture to their population an angel messenger is delivering the, the messages the messages to the prophets to then deliver. Okay. okay. Any other questions about anything else? I think some people are still still trying to figure out what they're certain about. Okay, inshallah. We will continue inshallah next week. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma glory to you, O Allah, wa bihamdika. Praise and gratitude are to you. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. We bear witness there is no God but you. Nastaghfiruka. We seek your forgiveness. Wa natubu ilayk. And we turn to you. Okay, may Allah reward you all, inshallah. Wait, I had a question. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. Uh, no class on Sunday? Uh, we still have class uh, every single day, inshallah. Oh, okay. Because you said next week. I was like, but... <laughs> I thought next week as a Monday. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah I felt the same way. Sorry, sorry. We have we will have class, inshallah, tomorrow. Yeah. Inshallah. Okay. Yeah. Well, assalamu alaikum, everyone. All right.